alive, dude! Damn, dude. Damn, dude. What up, everybody? What is good? <sighs> Welcome to the Damn Dude Podcast. Damn, dude. This is season two, episode one, motherfucking hundred. Damn, dude. That makes 200 episodes technically because this is season two, episode 100. And it's going to kind of, I don't know how the first year equaled 100 episodes on the anniversary of the podcast. And it didn't equal that this time around. <laughs> like, did the year get longer? Like, what the fuck? So, I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm sure somebody could do the math, but uh, I, whatever. But dude, 200 episodes, that's fucking crazy. We're going to switch it to season three when we hit the anniversary date rather than by the hundreds. So with that being said, welcome you guys. And this is a celebratory episode. Ooh, burping, excuse me. <laughs> uh, celebrate by burping. No, something that I really realized and has hit me and that I'm thinking about, especially on my walk earlier, was sovereignty i am out to discover what it means to be a sovereign individual to be a sovereign man to be a sovereign sovereign human being and i wrote something and it's kind of more like i don't feel like i wrote this it's more like i channeled this and let me say okay this is what i wrote down this is crazy it sent me deep so, okay, hold on. First, let me tell you, because this is like somewhat, mm, I mean, it's newer to me. Like, I really just learned to think about this word and what it means and how to apply it to my life uh, a couple years ago. And it's interesting. I happened to visit the same place where I learned it. And uh, anyway, um, so... <clears throat> The definition of sovereignty is supreme power or authority. So if you are a sovereign individual, that means you have supreme power or authority over yourself, over the individual that you are. You have supreme power or authority over it. And. To be a human being, and even more specifically as a man, to, uh, speaking in the context of to be a man, to be a sovereign man, I should say, to have complete, to have supreme power over myself. Like they didn't use the word complete; they said supreme, and that's crazy because supreme is like more than complete and uh you know that's a trip so supreme power or authority that's the definition of sovereignty so if i'm a sovereign man then i have supreme power of myself or authority over myself so that's what that means so basically it's like i like to view myself as a sovereign man where i own my time and i own my life and i own the grid and the fabric of life that I weave and I create and that my energy of the force field of energy that surrounds me and that I create is mine and is unique to me and nobody can take it or interfere with it. Only I can choose to let you into it or to add to it, but you cannot force anything upon my grid of life, my fabric of life, my existence of life, my creations of life. People can try and interfere and create obstacles, but that can never actually alter my creation and energy and fabric of life that I put out into existence. And that's the thing is like, depending on how much we've we've created in this lifetime really is what expands our grid of life, our fabric of life, our energy of life, our force field that we emit the thing that lets somebody know you're in the room or not 
the more you've accomplished, the more that we've accomplished, the bigger that that is. And the bigger that your force field is, it's like if we were to take somebody like, I don't just think of a random celebrity like fucking Elvis Presley or Post Malone or like whoever, right? Like their outward presence and energy is so big that like when they walk in a room or they walk through a crowd, people are freaking out. And it's like you're making like just your existence is making is altering other people's entire reality and and re, and it's completely altering their fabric of life because your fabric of life is so prominent and how you and how much it expands and how much people understand your fabric of life and how interesting your cloth that you sew in this lifetime you know it's the the thing that's not seen but it's felt and it's the thing that's bigger and more than just you being alive you know what I mean it's the thing that goes away when you die that like how big is your force field that you emit well that's depending on a couple things how big you are mm, sorry how in tune you are how much emotional intelligence you have how much self-expression you have how much you're tapped into culture or not these are all going to be things that emit radiance and beauty and and like expressions of your fabric of life how you weaved your blanket like what your it's like if you were to look at every fucking thing you do in life as a thread through another thread which equals the fabric of your life which equals a blanket right now if every action that we do creates this blanket how big is your blanket what does your blanket look like are you in control do you are you in control of hand selecting the colors in the fabric that it is are you in control of what it says on the side are you in control of if there's going to be designs on the side lines shapes squares checkers plain you know what i'm saying like it's your canvas to print and do whatever the fuck you want with so this is the thing is like a lot of people live this life metaphorically of creating a hand towel rather you see people who are tapped into this and creating a lot and who live a larger than life sort of life like post malone elvis presley whoever they just like they their fabric of life is way bigger like if i like i'm not really necessarily like a fan or not a fan of post malone like i don't know much about the dude but I know of him and I know enough to know what his fabric of life is. I know what his blanket looks like, so to say, in the sense of like, I can understand the feeling of his mo- his songs. I know he's a musician. That's one thing to know that. Whether you're a good or bad musician or people like you or not, it doesn't matter. Like if people know you're a musician, that's part of your fabric of life. It's like saying, oh, like that blanket is red or that blanket is green or your blanket is red and green or whatever the fuck, right? Like, so it's like, if you've created enough fabric, if the fabric of life that you've created, and I know this term might be annoying to some people at this point already, but I don't care. This is my show. This is my fabric of life. So you go fucking weave the blanket you want to believe if that's offensive to you. But if it's, well, I mean, whether it's offensive to you or not, like <laughs> we're all doing this. <laughs> so that's the thing is I understand that the blanket Post Malone has weaved is that he's a musician and it's of pop, rap, this, that singing. And I know enough to know that he took his that he took the majority of his singing inspiration and style from Stevie Nicks. He says we do this like goatee, nasally sort of uh, drawn out thing. And that's where I really like drive a lot of my music from and this and I was like huh like I see I know these things about this individual I know he has tattoos I know this and that he's got face tattoos different whatever right I don't know but that's the thing is I the I'm just describing the fabric of life that he's created now if I were to describe your fabric of life what would I say about it have you created enough fabric have you created enough this is the thing is like our life it we do if you go into another dimension via plant medicines, you will literally see that there is a fabric of life that exists outside of time and the con- out, it, it, that exists outside of any other concept that we have in Engl- in the English language that I'm aware of to where it's 
it's outside of context. It, it exists completely outside of what we contextualize here. So it's like, this is the thing is this is the closest thing I could say is to like paint visual pictures for you guys audibly, you know, and like, so the same way that I can say red blanket and you guys can picture what a red blanket looks like. I just painted a picture for you because I lend you a, a fabric of my life. This is my blanket. So now you you can think about that the same way where it's like you can do anything like that and give that out to the rest of the world. And it's like when we go back and we a lot of people are trying to show that, whoa, a lot of people are trying to show their blankie before they've fucking even chosen the color or woven the damn thing. They haven't woven it, let alone chosen the color or the texture or the or, or came up with the idea for it damn dude and that's kind of like describes what this modern day instagram culture is where it's like people are trying to show off their blanket without knitting the motherfucker you know what i mean and if you're showing off an invisible blanket you look crazy as fuck and the world recognizes that and it resonates and people know this you know what i'm saying so this is why authenticity is the modality that i use to launch this show like that's what the whole premise of the show is and why people who listen to it it resonates because you can go through whatever sort of shit like you might a lot of people did like the common man in this day and age well at least where i live and from the people i know in my history do not agree with the shit i say and if they do they don't say so outwardly but here's the thing is i recognize that what I'm saying is universal because anything that any other person has shared to me, I've been able to take lessons from that and trust that they've lived that experience and so on. And it just keeps getting passed on. So here, I guess kind of like I had a point with that, but I realized I'm getting off course and to dial this back a touch is, and I never read what I wrote down. <laughs> if those of you like, wait, what did you write? I just went off on a tangent. Um, but no, to tie this all back is like, this all has to do with discovering sovereignty, right? Like, how do we conceptualize and and how do we create a life that is of good moral fiber? Boom, right? Like, so with this being a sovereign man, a sovereign individual, that that le- that's what leads me down that trail of thinking of like, what makes me... Like, wow, I just thought of this. If you're a sovereign nation, you, you have a, it's like you have a flag. Like you, you, hmm, a sovereign nation. That means a nation with supreme power or authority. So sovereign nation is not good. Yeah, no, that's that's not good. What? Okay, this is all new to me. I'm not familiar with these fucking words. Like I said, it's like I'm simplifying things. So when I'm thinking of this, like sovereign, that's interesting. But here's the, th- I guess the point of where I was going with that line of thinking was you got a flag and you got to fly that flag. But what flag are you going to fly if you never fucking knit the motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? So here's what I wrote just to fucking finally get to the point here <laughs> it said oh i wrote some trippy stuff dude okay let's just stick to the one that i was talking about as i go through the struggles of life and feeling alone in this particular struggle at hand i realize it's because i'm discovering and creating sovereignty as a man and as an individual True personal sovereignty as a man comes from deep strength and courage and desire to own my life and create my destiny. No other human or soul can experience or do it for me. That's why when the path feels alone, it is. And there is absolute strength and absolute power in this sovereignty. Damn, dude. The definition of sovereignty is supreme power or authority. 
to have supreme power or authority over oneself. So this is my own thing. To have supreme power or authority over oneself and... Hold on. To have supreme power or authority over oneself and time and presence is not for the average man or individual. I wrote that shit. (laughs) Damn, dude. Yo, like... As I reread that... I realize that, like, in order to to declare personal sovereignty, it does require deep strength and courage and desire to own your own life. It's like that's the only way it's going to happen. Otherwise, you are okay with somebody else creating and raising and setting their flag and saying, this is my country, and you just live on it. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, we're, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. As they say, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Everybody wants to be the boss. Somebody's got to be the worker. Now, this is not a slide at anybody or anything or any anybody who is a worker and that's what you do in life. That's respectable. That's good. Here's the thing though. Are you okay with it? That's the thing. It's like whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you do. It what matters is are you okay with it? Do you love that? Did you choose that as a sovereign individual? To say, wow, that guy created a dope fucking structure. That person, I should say, that man or woman created a dope structure. I'm going to go help that. I'm going to go participate in that. I'm going to go be important in that. I choose as myself and as a sovereign individual to go take, to go partake and put my energy and efforts into that structure and that modality because I think that that is going to, fly us where we want to go it's going to catapult us to where we want to go right so there's nothing wrong with that but the thing is are you okay with it that's the whole thing and i think that's where so many of us get lost and struggle in life is because we're not okay with the choices we choose so it's like it's okay to be a worker it's okay to just be the fucking common man the joe schmo there's nothing wrong with that every we all you know, it's like there's workers, bees, and there's a queen. There's only one, though. You know what I mean? And then there's the whole hierarchy. And that's the thing is in the modern day society, we are partaking in a hierarchy. And a lot of the loudest people that we see on the Internet and shit are the people who don't understand that, like, they're actually called to something higher, but they're putting their focus on the wrong thing. And it's like being expressive or cutting your dick off or whatever. Like, that's not going to be the thing. That's just like what's hot right now like when i was younger like it was being a gangster and the difference was did you kill somebody or not did you pull the trigger or not are you willing to did you do the time and not say anything now it's are you gonna chop your balls off are you gonna cut your boobs off are you gonna you know what i'm saying so it's like how far are you willing to go who's really down for this shit you know what i'm saying and that's the thing is like at the end of the day when you look at who's down and who's not down so many people I thought were fucking gangster as fuck were absolutely not gangster as fuck. They were playing a role really well. And I realized, wow, the majority of the people were not ready to kill the same way I was. I was ready. I was like, that was in my conscious. Everything is life or death to me. It's not this in between. So like, as I'm going through this gangster shit, it's really extreme. So it's like, who knows if... Like that was the the structure that and the the reality that and the the era that I existed in the same way that like cow we can't fucking go back and be a cowboy now. I mean, some people still carry that spirit and basically are fucking cowboys. But like what I'm saying is like 
I can't go become that all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not who I am. I can do cowboy things, but I'll never be the cowboy. You know what I mean? So like, that's the thing is we all have our place. We all need to play our role. I was going somewhere good with that. And I fucking kind of spaced on it. But anyways, the path can feel lonely because it is. That's really the ultimate takeaway from this whole fucking, the whole first half of this is like, Yes, the path you are walking can feel lonely because it absolutely is. And the sooner you can fucking get in line and you can, sorry, the sooner you can understand and value that, you can value that, I'm not saying this the right way I want to. When we can understand that walking Mm, fuck sorry okay this is like i'm like seeing and trying to say this in words at the same time like i said like thinking pictures a lot when we walk uh, um son of a bitch i like losing it completely okay when we can come to terms and come to peace excuse me when we can come to terms and come to peace with the fact that or the idea of Maybe I should say when okay when the fact of them when the fact is that the path why am I having so hard such a hard time saying this when we can accept that the path is lonely there is absolute freedom in it damn dude damn dude there you go that's what I was trying to say when we can accept that the path is lonely we are set free when we can learn to have fun and indulge in that and and take joy in that where we can sit in silence and i saw somebody posted online it's so funny dude like just how when i think of like how we're primitive people living in this modern day with all this technology it's like we oftentimes there's little things that like we don't realize where we're kind of trapped in the matrix, so to say. So, But somebody had posted, if you cannot go take a shit without your phone and you, like you can't feel like you're going crazy or something, you need to like really reset and reconsider your life. Like you got some healing to do. So pretty much, you know, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like that's a good point. Like if you can't sit by yourself, it's because it feels like being by yourself is like hard or or. I don't know what you experience. You know, we all experience our own thing. Like for me, I can be by myself fucking, I have no problem with it. I was, I'm by myself a lot and I love it. And I'm actually kind of disturbed when I don't get to be by myself a lot. So I love being able to be alone. I love being able to be by myself with my thoughts. I love it. It's like one of the coolest things in the world to me. Um, and that's the thing is like, I can go days just fucking just being alone in my thoughts. I, I've done, I've taken like a vow of silence for 12 days and well, I guess like 11 days, 10 and a half days, something like that. Multiple times and just, you know, no body language, no writing, no reading, no nothing where it's just, it, um, no music, no distractions. It's just me and nature. And I can do that shit. That's no problem. But I'm like, damn, I realize in this modern day world, some people literally cannot even take a shit without needing company. (laughs) Damn, dude. (laughs) Damn, dude. Yo, most people cannot take a shit without somebody holding their hand, without the world holding their hand. Oh, your world is in your phone in your hand right here. We acknowledge your pronouns. We acknowledge your feelings. What you say is valid. Rah, rah, rah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All while you're taking a shit. You need all that just to take a shit. You need all of that just to take a shit. Come on, Chuck. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. (laughs) Damn, dude. Oh, shit. Damn, dude. Yo, welcome, Bicycle. Dude, you know what's funny is 
accents. Different accents are hilarious. And I mean, not always. And I, <laughs> but like, I, I literally, so like those of you guys who listen to the show, you guys know, like a couple of weeks ago, I was completely stuck on like Jordan Peterson type accent or slash Canadian accent. It's been quite canonical. I tell you, it's been quite the experience. It's a boot to go to the bean festival because it's been quite an experience <laughs> so okay as of late in the last few the last month and this is actually an ongoing thing for years and it's funny that i never actually really pinpointed specifically that it's australian people who do this until just recently but like oh no I, like why do you talk like that that's so funny like just say it's no, not now. Now, like, why is it now? Our now. Our now. Oh no. Our now. <laughs> like, what? What do you? I don't get it. No, but it's uh, no offense to my Australians, but uh, it's funny, dude. And I trust me, I get it. I understand that to other people, I I sound like, oh, yeah, damn, like, oh, this shit's fucking so gnarly, bro. Oh, that shit's so tight, dog. Yeah, where's my homies at? We're just going to fucking line up and chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get that I sound like that. And you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all good. Like, it's... <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, dig. <laughs> so, yo, you know what else is crazy? I was thinking about was uh, I don't know why the phrase and just popped into my head, lemon pepper hot steppers. <laughs> that's not what I've been thinking about, but that's what popped in my head. Um, never. <laughs> that's not what I was. Okay. Whoa, what was that? Something fell over. Okay, we're professional. Tighten it. Live at five. Okay. Live at five with Clive. (laughs) Okay. No, so you know what's funny? Because I was thinking about this. Why do a lot of people value and enjoy? Mm-mm. Okay. Why a lot of people value certain stories and enjoy telling them over and over? I was thinking about that. Like, why is that such a big thing for so many people? And there's a lot of different ways you could take this, but this is just one concept. It's not the right answer, right? Sorry, just one context, I guess. Um, but I, I was thinking and I was like, huh, I think a lot of people will tell repeat stories because that's a modern day rite of passage to them. Like whatever thing they did, it's like a modern day rite of passage. So it's like, oh, I went to the such and such concert. And you're like, oh, OK, that's cool. And it's like. You're like, that's great. And you can only tell that story so many times before everybody know. Like, I mean, already people don't care that much. And then nextly, people like really don't care, you know, when you keep saying it. So I was just thinking about like, it's like, it's almost like I had this experience was so grand. This was that defined my coming into manhood or womanhood or childhood or what like whatever right and it's like we we honor and value certain stories that we like to tell often because it's like oh that was my rite of passage i went to the such and such i did this and that and it's like it makes you feel good about yourself and that's why people will t- not always but that's why oftentimes will people tell certain stories about themselves because they they share that right but i think where it, it and it is of an unaware person to repeat the same stories over and over to people so if you were to gain more awareness 
we realize that, I mean, I guess just from this angle, this lens, that it's like, what are we doing that are things that are like rites of passage this day and age? And it's like that we're not faced with many things as human beings anymore to where we have to really use our abilities. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, people who are in really good shape are, like, it's cool to, like, admire. You're like, wow. You know, it's like it's not common anymore. But, like, back in the day, it was, like, everybody was in shape. So it wasn't really, like, this big thing. And then it was, like, if you were a gladiator, it's, like, the next level was so extreme, you know? Like, you can kill a fucking tiger with your hands. Whatever, right? So it just makes me think of, like, how often we'll value certain experiences because it's almost like we hold it like that was a rite of passage. And it's kind of cool, like in tradition where it's like, you got Mexicans celebrate quinceaneras and like the, I can see and feel and like, I've been to quinceaneras and stuff. Like when the girl turns 15, you're like, wow, like you're becoming a woman, you know, you're growing up. You're, this is like, welcome to womanhood. You know, it's kind of like the, it, the interpretation that I take from it anyway. And it's like, this is the celebration of you, you know, kind of leaving childhood behind. It's like, you're involved in this big party and like, you're doing dances and it's like, kind of sexy, but you know what I mean? So, and, but it's all family oriented at the same time. So it's like, it's like oftentimes we'll like, I don't know, like, like belly dancing sort of dances will kind of be involved and stuff like that. And it's like a little bit provocative and it's like wow, you know, it's just beautiful. It's like you're celebrating all of it. It's not to be weird or this or that. It's like, whoa, like, welcome to womanhood. This is a part of it, you know? Like, your sexuality, your expression, your your movement, your body, your your family, all of this. It's This is this is the result of becoming a woman. Welcome, you know? Like, this is it. Like, welcome to the club sort of shit. And I feel like, in, especially in the United States, I often, like, am kind of like... Uh, how do you say it? Like reverse culture blind. Like because I grew up around so much diversity, to I think that everybody else has the same experience. Like I'm so used to just, it's so normal to be around different, like people of other skin color and backgrounds and from different countries for me. Like it's, it's so normal that like, it's weird to me when people don't even understand that that world exists and I'm like wow that's been my whole world like fuck you know it's like and then at the same time it's like there's nobody with the exception of my little brother and my sister who passed away who's the same that I know personally who's the exact same ethnicity as me and that's weird on its own you know it's like that comes with its own whole line of struggles and weird way of questioning culture and and all of that like being half Chinese and half Norwegian are two very I don't know about opposing, like, if you look at the history, there's a lot of similarities, actually, but it's, like, they're very seemingly opposite, you know what I'm saying, so it's kind of, like, that's my existence is these two opposites, so it's a weird thing, because I exist, and I'm real in the midst of these two opposites, so that's kind of where a lot of my perspective comes from, is from being half Asian, and being half Chinese and half Norwegian, I'm just naturally, no matter if I had any, like, cool experiences or not gonna, like, experience this weird version of culture because I have traditional Chinese and then I have my Norwegian side, which I would say is more Americanized at this point. So, and then also growing up in a town where, like, most of my friends, or I should say, like, a, the majority of the people I knew, let me say it like that, in my town who are like my friends or schoolmates and stuff or people I knew who are the same around the same age as me, they're either their parents or them or their grandparents were the first people to come to the United States of America. And for me, my grandparents were the first people to come to the United States of America for me and my family. So, and then my, and then on the Norwegian side, I want to say it was my great, great grandparents. So, it makes sense why it's more Americanized now, you know? And then, um, so that just leads me to think, to, to, to kind of take this back again, that leads me to think about like, dude, when we don't partake in things that are rites of passage or like, you know, welcome, you're a fucking man now, or you're not celebrated, or these things don't happen. Like, 
we we miss out and we don't know that we should so then like all of a sudden like that's why oftentimes people who were like pudgy kids who weren't athletic when they were younger grow up and are like the the super in shape people and then the people who were super athletic when they were kids they grow up and they're the fat dudes grilling they're the out of shape dudes and it's like it's weird because I'm like in the middle of that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's trippy. So I'm like a dude who's like always athletic at the core of me, but I'm also like fat or I can be skinny sometimes, or I'm, I would mainly be like chubby or pudgy. I don't even, you wouldn't even call me that traditionally. Like you, most people would just look at, most people look at me and judge that I'm in shape. So whether I have a gut or not, like people still are like, oh, you're you're decent in shape person, right? Um, no, so that that I don't know why I'm even talking about that, but my point is that uh, we have it's like we lack rites of passage in this day and age, and in American culture, like American culture, United States of American culture is basically lack of culture. And that's some of the real shit you're going to fucking hear. American culture is lack of culture. And this is not like a shit talking thing. This is just like an observation the same way if we were to pretty much all agree if you say, okay, can old Asian, are old Asian women great drivers? Clearly no. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> obviously there's ones that exist. But just, it's like, okay, that's very, it adds up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I don't know, dude. I just, I don't know where I was going with that, but where was I going with that? I swear I had a point to that. Um, I don't know. Anyways, so, oh, okay, okay. So we lack a rite of passage. So then we live in, because of that, we live in this world of show-offiness where it's, look at my blanket I didn't knit, right? That's the result of a lack of rite of passage. Just get an English accent. Lack of rite of passage. A lack of a rite of passage equals people needing to show off things that are not even of their own creation. If a Louis Vuitton shirt is worth, is more show-offable than your work that you do, then what does that say? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, then you ha- you're showing off somebody else's fabric. But here's the thing is, though, if you are okay knowing that and being that and accepting that and you're happy and you create goodness in the life that you live cool but i think we should all be on the path of creating and doing something like we should all be up to something you know what i mean and i I understand that some people are like well fuck i don't even know what my something is well it's like you a lot of us do more than we realize or have done things or know how to do more things than we realize where it's like a simple thing is you go for a fucking hike dude like that's almost like you can almost live anywhere and go for a fucking hike, you know what I'm saying, and if it's like, if it's snowing the fuck outside, or whatever, yeah, I mean, you still can, okay, let's say it's very extreme, do something else, you know, write a fucking poem, journal, like, take a bath, sit in silence, meditate, you know, disconnect from the technology and stuff for a little bit, so this had me, led me to thinking, and realizing, it's like, wow, a lot of us can't be alone without the acknowledgement of the world. And if it's not people acknowledging us through our phone, it's us acknowledging other people's and that validates our own thoughts. So a lot of times the shit that we view, we're just validating our own thoughts. So we're being like, oh, okay, other people agree with the way I think other people agree with, what I think, and you feel like you're doing something because other people are saying this stuff, but that's not creating your own fabric of life. That's just being a follower. So here's the thing. It's like we, it's weird because if you were to take social media, it's like you have the ability to create or you have the ability to follow. And that's so interesting. And it's kind of like, 
now that I say it like that, it's almost clear. And it's like, maybe this isn't your outlet. You know, this is just a metaphor. It's like, you know, like what if, if what you create has nothing to do with the internet or Instagram? Fuck, I, absolutely. Right. But like, do your, do your fucking thing. But what I'm saying is like, like through social media, we can be creators or followers. And then you can also be a creator who follows. But that's the thing is if you're just a follower and you're not a creator also, if you are that fucking guy with the the blank profile and you're just talking shit on whatever and all of that, you're the fucking guy with the mouth open the oh like the that, that meme, right? So that <laughs> what's interesting is like because of social media, we're either creators or followers, but it creates this weird space to where people who are just followers get to act like they're creators or have this power because they can go in this place and talk this shit. And, and there's no real life repercussions other than karma. But the karma is the reality that they're living in. Damn, dude. That's deep. So that leads me to the next thing where I was thinking, okay, what percentage of life is social construct versus God's plan and nature's course, or even our own self-creation. Damn, dude. What percentage of life is social construct and what percentage of life is God's plan slash nature's course? Dude, like, if you, if we can't answer that incredibly clearly for ourselves, like, what percentage of our own life are we living out that's God's plan slash nature's course versus I'm living this life based off of social construct? Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Fuck, dude. It's like, fuck, we should just turn the show off right now. That's, <laughs> that's some fire-ass shit, dude. Like, for reals. How much of life, how much of your, like, okay, let's get personal. How much of your life, you, listener, male, female, they, them, her, he, ghost, she, shim, shit, fit, knit, bit, twit, self, (laughs) whatever you identify as. What percentage of your life that you live is social is because of social construct. And then what percentage of your life is because of God's plan, nature's plan slash your own creation. Damn dude. Damn dude. That's a damn good question to ask ourselves. And I ask myself this and I'm thinking about this and I think I would say I would say 99% of my life, no, 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 no. 100% of my life is God's plan and nature's course and my own creation. Now, within that, and I think Andrew Tate said this, and this this was brilliant to me, which was, fuck, I'm like going blank right now. Damn it. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm getting everybody all hyped on a forgotten idea. Uh fuck, where was I going with that? I didn't I didn't plan to talk about this. I just had that idea in my head. Uh hmm. Fuck. I'm sorry, guys. That's I man, that's disappointing. I don't know. If it's meant to be, it'll come back. Um oh, what did he say? I just heard some clip and I was like, wow, that was fucking brilliant. Um, Oh, got it. Sorry. So he said something along the lines of you can't escape the matrix. They can always find you. Like you turn on a fucking, they'll find you. You can't necessarily escape to the deepest pit of the woods you can go to. Like somebody's gonna come can fucking find your ass and they they they'll find us if they really want to you can't fully escape escape the web of the matrix 
but what you can do is create, mm, like be a, be a master of the matrix. So where it's like, because you can't necessarily escape it, the only other option is to become a master of it. And if we don't become a master of it, then we're automatically a slave to it. That's kind of my own words of the interpretation of what he said, right? But like, that was, that was basically, and it's like, hmm, you know, like, it's, it's really fascinating to think like, that just kind of ties into like, what I'm asking is like, what percentage of life is social construct versus God's plan, nature's course? And it's like, are you aware of your place in the matrix? Are you, you know what I mean? And it's like, because we're all in it, this, we're all in the fabric of life because we're all in this existence. We all agree that each other exist and we stand on the ground. We stay, we stand on the ground. We stand on because we acknowledge we exist. And because we acknowledge the ground that we stand on, we already agree that we are in the same fabric of life now we can go deeper into the details about it color where you're from religion beliefs height weight all that shit doesn't matter though because we agree on the fundamental principles of life that we are alive and we are on this planet so therefore we already by acknowledging another human being in the floor we stand on we already acknowledge some creator's fabric of life that exists if you acknowledge that the tree is a tree, the sky is the sky, and the floor is the floor, and that I'm alive and that you're alive, the listener is alive, I should say, because I could be dead by the time you're listening to this, that, that's, we agree then. You know what I'm saying? We're not that much fucking different because, okay, well now we're all on the same fucking struggle. We're all on the same fucking earth. You can sit here and call it flat or round or fucking donut shaped or triangular or whatever the fuck you want. I think the shit, I think the earth is a giant Markaba. I don't think the earth is round because I see mountains with your points and I see valleys. I see all this. So therefore, if you have a circle and you apply points, that's automatically not round. I also, I don't subscribe to the, the earth being flat. And I understand when you zoom out, okay, it'll be round. But whose camera angle were we looking through? See, with this example, almost everybody automatically assumes the zoomed all the way the fuck out view that to the point where we can see round. A circle, I should say. For those of you people who, even th who think it's flat, I don't think anyone listens to this thinks it's flat, but whatever, right? It's a circle. So a circle can mean round or flat. <laughs> but here's the thing, it's like, what if... I choose to create my own lens and I'm only zoomed out a fraction of what the fuck this motherfucker was zoomed out from. And I see peaks and I see points and I see valleys. If I'm standing at the base of a mountain and I look, if I'm standing in the middle of the desert and I look in a full 360, is anything flat at all? No, nothing is fucking actually flat. Or actually just perfectly round, right? Like, I get when we zoom out at a certain point. But this is the thing. is like, we can subscribe to different lenses and different viewpoints. But the thing is, like, a lot of us already subscribe to the fabric of life that some... The, the, the fabric of the idea that somebody created that this is the lens we look at it. So equals round because we zoom out this much. But you have to zoom out that far. Most of us don't have access to zoom the fuck out that far ourselves to actually experience to verify truth about it or not we just trust theirs but here's the thing is all of us have the ability to be at the bottom of a mountain and look up at it all of it okay let's say you're blind you have the ability to fucking feel different shapes and textures you can feel the floor and understand there's curvature and there's different shapes and and ups and downs and whatever to it right so therefore, it's like you could. Therefore, you could easily say, "Well, the Earth's not round. The Earth's not round when I'm standing on it." You know what I mean? So it's like, whose lens or and whose reality are we speaking through? Because where I'm fucking standing at, nothing is round and nothing is flat. <laughs> it's like, I mean, maybe not nothing, but it's the nature. Nature around me absolutely does not look round or flat. 
it looks different shapes and all this. And that's why they say nature is so healthy and healing because it takes you out of the city with the rigid lines and shapes of things where are squares and stuff. And it brings you into nature where the shapes are abstract and it goes beyond shapes we have. And like shapes that already exist that create the fabric of life and nature can intertwine and mix and they make different things. It's like if you start drawing uh, at three point, or sorry, it's like if you start drawing at three points in a triangle and then you like, you remove it a degree and then you keep connecting and you keep, if you keep removing one degree and you keep connecting, keep drawing triangles, triangles, it ends up drawing this huge, perfect geometric shape. So no matter where you position it or what angle, it all turns out to be perfect when you zoom out from it. So that's what's trippy is the same way the earth has all this fucking shapes and all this. When you zoom out, it's just a fucking circle. So what scope are we looking at our life? What scope do we evaluate our problems through? What scope are, do we evaluate what we care about through? What lens are we actually fucking viewing this shit through? Most of the time, it's not even our own fucking lens. We're just like on some other shit. We don't even know whose perspective we're thinking through. Because let's go both stand at the bottom of a mountain and tell me right in front of you that that fucking thing is round or flat. It's not. It's a fucking mountain with peaks and valleys and everything in between. So what are you actually talking about? I will show you what I'm talking about. You dig? Damn, dude. Damn, dude. I'm taking a quick break. I'll be right back. Damn, dude. Yo, welcome, bicycle. I was on a sick one. I was on a roll with that, so I had to keep going. Um, Yeah, dude. So all that leads back to... The question, what percentage of life is social construct and social engineering versus God's plan, nature's course, or self or your own creation? And that's the fascinating thing is like questions either when we ask ourselves questions, they're either going to help us or hurt us. And that's the thing is like, I, it's wise to ask questions that have an end result. And a lot of people will ask themselves open-ended questions that have no end result. If I'm going to, it's like, basically, I kind of like filter it like this. Maybe this will make sense. This is for who this is for. I don't know. This, it's just like, somebody's going to hear this and this is exactly for you. You needed this. <laughs> um, if we're going to think about negative thoughts, put an end result to them. Like I picture it like a fucking bowling alley. Okay, I'm going to allow myself to pull this negative thought down the lane, but it fucking falls, it, it goes down the end. It, it falls, I don't know how the fucking explain it exactly, but you know, once you bowl your bowling ball through the fucking lane, it drops off the back and goes down the thing and you don't see it anymore, right? So that's my thing is like, the end result is the fucking where you don't even see the ball go into. It just goes into darkness and just disappears. Right? That's what we view it. But if you go back, there's how it works in this and that, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, there's the end result. So with every negative thought, I allow it. I ha- I literally visualize an end, a black hole, a wall, a fucking barrier, something that is the end, the bottom. And I will allow my thoughts to just, once they hit that bottom, they have to rebound back up. And that's the thing is if you don't put a cap on it, if you don't have a bottom or a lid or however you want it, this visualizes for you. If you don't have a lid on your negative thoughts purposely, they'll consume you. And that's how depression takes over. So here's the thing is like, it's good to think of these negative things with a lid on it. Now I'm not a professional. This is just my own experience and I'm explaining my own experience. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. So I put a lid on it. An end result. This is the wall. I'll allow it to bounce back and think it back through and may let it work its way back up to be okay with me again, or I'll let it completely disappear into the into the abyss and I don't I don't care to need it back. The game's over. Once you're done with bowling, you bowl the thing in and it's like you don't re, you, it's over. You, the game is done. You know what I'm saying? Like the ball is it's done. You don't take it home with you if you're using it at the fucking place you know what i'm saying like this is your pro bowl or whatever that's not what we're talking about you just you walk away from it you keep going you're not tripping that you bowled the ball through down the lane 
So this is the thing is like it had an end result and you understand that the ball is supposed to go there. So here's the thing with thoughts is like you understand it's supposed to go here. You can either let it rebound if it's going to help you or let it fucking die if it's going to keep killing you. You know what I'm saying? Kill it before it kills you. So. I see that like. There's power in thinking through our negative thoughts purposely and and in intellectually um like emotional intelligence is such a real thing that a lot of us need to really get on and this loud internet culture is not the real version of life and if anybody's listening to this documented later when when the people of this time that i encounter most of us don't subscribe to the crazy shit that they talk about on the internet. And most of us are still cool cracking fucking race jokes and cracking fucking whatever kind of joke, cracking on each other, making fun of our culture or this or that. And it's not making fun of, it's like, it's almost like just observations about, but it's jokes. It's cra- It's like, ah, you know, ah, come on, dude. Like it's all in fun and games and it's all for the love of it. It's not f- for it to shit on it it's for the love of it so i really believe that dude like we're at a time and a place where okay hold on let me finish my thought i didn't even mean to say i really believe i get that's a whole different tangent but what i was gonna say was like if what gets documented in history is all this wacky shit where, oh yeah, everybody fucking has, subscribes to this pronoun thing, and everybody subscribes to this gender thing, and you can be non-binary. It's like, well, hold on, and I think, I heard somebody say something along the lines of this, this is my own interpretation, I was like, if you are, if you identify as non-binary, then that means you are, you acknowledge that binary is real so you are a part of the construct of binary by being non-binary so to even be non-binary means you are part of a binary system <laughs> so they, i mean I, I don't know if i'm saying that right or not if that makes sense then yes i i get what i'm trying to say i don't know if i said it right or not but you get what i'm saying like <laughs> most of us don't subscribe to that shit it's just these wacky people on the internet like the real people don't really fuck with all this weird shit going on um like the whole if you look when you look back in history like the joe biden thing was a scam he did not get 80 million votes or whatever the most in history over barack obama and all is completely it's fraud. It's like, there's so much evidence of this too. It's crazy. That's a whole nother thing too. Anyways, this is the thing is like, when you go through, you got to learn how to interpret shit. And that's part of what the show exists for is to be the real voice of the real people who are like actually in society and doing shit. Not like the headlines and the this and the that and the weirdos of the internet. It's like, nah, dude, like I represent like real normal people. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what the fuck I am. And I'll always be that. Like, I'm not on some crazy weird shit you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> like and most of us aren't so the thing is the people who do go along with this they think that they're being good people by being inclusive to more people but what's happening is it's softening society and it's not helping and it's causing people to have more mental issues it's like if you get to, it's crazy, dude, because it's like, I heard somebody joking where it's like, yo, if you have P, like PTSD, they're saying like PTSD is, uh, no, wait, no, not PTSD, uh, what, no, not P- PTSD, is definitely not fake, <laughs> um, ADD, is that what he was saying, or what was it, oh, 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 uh, What's that called? Um, 
fuck. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Maybe this was Andrew Tate again. He's all, all over the fucking internet. But I, it might have been him. But he's saying, like, obsessive compulsive order is bullshit. You cannot be a kid. And, and it's like only in America can you be a fucking kid and need to, like, on your way to get water, you need to step up and down the step three times and spin in a circle. Only in this fucking country are you afforded to be able to do that. You think fucking kids in Africa who have to walk three miles to the fucking well have the luxury to fucking walk halfway back and tap their head three times and spin in a circle and then walk back another three miles? <laughs> like, they don't have that fucking luxury. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, I mean, like, okay, I definitely acknowledge that obsessive compulsive stuff is definitely real because I've seen it and I've experienced it and I had some crazy cases of it as a kid. And I think there's little things where I still do. Um, But you know what? It's whatever. I don't identify it as that. I'm just like, okay, I see where I do repetitive things or I need this little fulfillment. And if I don't, I learned to be okay with it if I don't get the fulfillment from the little thing. I used to have to like, I used to always have to blow my hands. And it was because at some point in third grade, I don't know what the fuck happened, but somebody convinced me that you can blow the germs off of things. And it was just like another schoolmate. It was like some, it was like some girl who was like dirty or gross handed him a paper and he went, oof, and he like blew her germs off of it. And then he gave it, and then he, or I don't know if he gave it to me, or he just used it, whatever, right? And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So, like, I started doing that, and then, like, that's funny, I've never spoken about this. I would, like, if somebody would touch me or something, and I would have to blow my hands. And, like, it just became this weird thing, and I started being so strange, and I would secretly do it. And sometimes people would catch me, and I have to pretend I'm, like, scratching myself, or, like, there's sometimes I will like do that still. I'll have to be like, and that's weird to even do that consciously right now. That's weird. It like makes my whole body just trip the fuck out. But that's the thing is like, I kind of like, I recognize it. So I had, I would have to force myself and it would feel like torture. I would feel like there was like bugs crawling on my hands. And it's like, not like a germ freak by any means. Like, I'm fucking always down to go get dirty or whatever. I just have my preferences, you know? But, like, I just, it, that's how I would feel. And it's a mental thing. I would just have all the, ugh, like, I would feel disgusting on my hands, you know? It was, like, weird. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of just out on a on a string of thought here with the last of this episode. I'm, like, completely off the notes <laughs> when we went to the break on my own tangent. But, uh, pancake syrup and butter. Um, yeah. You know, this has been fun, and I really do love and enjoy doing this. And I do this clearly for the fucking love of it, even when I don't like doing it, which is funny. Um, that's the thing is, like, you, we are what we hate and what we love. The common denot whoa, the common denominator between what you love and what you hate is you. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do with your life? <laughs> what questions are you gonna ask yourself? See, that's one thing. This whole show kind this whole episode I feel like kind of revolves around the context of what questions are you gonna ask yourself and of life? And I was kicking it with this dude the other day when or we were out on a hike with my homies with my homies. And like I had met this dude once or twice before and he was part of the group and it was cool. But like as we were talking, I was just I stopped. I'm like, dude, holy fuck. I was like, bro, you ask really good questions. And it was weird because he kind of he just went, oh, wow, yeah, thank you. And it was like it was almost like he tries to or he knew. And I was like, whoa, that's cool that you know, bro. And I'm like, dude, lean into that as far as you can because that's some good shit, you know? Like, when we really can, that that's powerful. To be able to ask good questions. If you can ask good questions, you automatically have a successful life because you're just going to keep asking good questions, which are going to equal success. Same way you can ask bad questions and just end up with a fucking pocket full of depression.
damn, dude. <laughs> you guys, this has been a fucking amazing episode. This is deep as fuck, and I hope it hits you guys as deep as it hit me. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Fuck, I love my son's music so much. Both my kids are such fucking amazing musicians. I'm, I love it. I can't wait till my kids are older and grown up so we can do mushrooms together and like go out into the desert and fucking play and they can play me some music and we can just fucking vibe and talk and kind of just do different like kind of make it like a rite of passage experience for them. I'm excited about that. One of my kids is about to be 18 already, so it's coming up. It'll be um well, I guess that's not, I guess he's got to be 21. So we're going to wait till 21, let's say, and uh, make sure we do things legal because we are legal beagles and we uh, always obey the law. So, um, yeah, make sure you <laughs> I don't know, do what you want. You guys just don't get me in trouble for shit. I'm not trying to get in trouble for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's why we wait till legal age. Um, and because in California, it's pretty much legal and throughout the whole state, it was decriminalized anyway, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, anyways, you guys, I can keep talking. I'm on a really fucking talkative sort of feeling right now, but sincerely, genuinely, I would really, really appreciate you guys. If you guys could tell a friend to tell a friend and you know, what if they tell their best friends, cousins, uncles, pigs, farming, <laughs> money tree planting uh shoe polishers donkey trainers uh duck whistle maker about the damn dude podcast so that way we can expand consciousness and perspective and you know really do that let's spread this message of think grow learn simplify shit's not that fucking shit is not that serious we just gotta simplify it whose world are you living in did you create your own world or are you living in theirs and when you live in theirs the macho man is not happy that was not a macho man impression but i just decided I, whatever i love you guys i appreciate you guys have a beautiful day and uh, like I was saying, I really would genuinely appreciate if you guys could share the episodes, tell somebody, tag us, all that good shit, because it helps. And this shit is history. And whoever the fuck is down to be part of history, share this shit so we can motherfucking make history. This is History in the Books. This is season two, episode 100, you guys. I will see you guys on the next episode. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a beautiful day. Much love. Peace. Damn, dude. Damn, dude.